the Feast of Atonement, You Must Eat All of the Lamb, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. The need for atonement started in the garden. Adam and Eve disobeyed God and interacted with Satan. He took captive their minds. Their thinking was changed. Their minds and hearts altered by the tainted knowledge of the enemy. That quick, they were no longer completely in God's image. Their actions were now motivated from thoughts programmed by Satan. Their works became their own apart from God's. As their descendants, through this same knowledge, we too have become altered. Our natures, our desires, our whole being has been shaped and molded by the evil thinking of God's archenemy. We have subsequently built the systems of this world, our governments, religions, banking, and education through this same evil thinking. Can you see why God must bring these systems down, destroy them? Is it not apparent, as you look at world conditions, that a new earth with God's kingdom restored through His knowledge has to take place for our survival? The opposite of the fall of Adam and Eve must take place. Our minds must be reprogrammed with the Lord's thoughts for us to produce works that are His will, lasting and worthwhile to establish an everlasting kingdom. Satan, with vengeance, has come with his forces to kill, steal, and destroy all of God's creation. We see in Genesis 6, where he led his followers to crossbreed with mankind, with the intention of making a race he could claim as his, as they were half angel, half man, no longer after their own kind. They became a species that were not at all what God created them to be. They therefore became vessels for Satan to use. Mankind is beginning to wake up, however, and see these things. And through the knowledge of God, they are walking according to His plan for restoration. The born-again new creatures, the enlightened ones, have been altered, changed into a different species, also as they have been born through God and are now one with Him through His blood covenant. In fact, they are at this moment of time being gathered as his body to be used by him to come against the enemy. They are exposing who the enemy is and making mankind aware of what he is up to. As man begins to see the world for what it really is and what humanity has become, as they take a good look at the part they have been playing in its society, the need to repent becomes very very apparent, as does the need for change. Man really has to start over, be born again, and this time do things correctly. They truly need the redemptive provisions offered at the Feast of Atonement to forgive their past, be born again, and start over. Rosh Hashanah began a new year. Let us call it the year of the new species of man. A new cycle started. The ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Atonement are set aside, specifically for each individual to inspect his life, to ask ourselves, where have we disappointed God? Do we need to start over? 
The born-again new generation must also ask, is our nature becoming more like fathers as we gain truth, or do we have mindsets that will not allow us to change? Surely we're not foolish enough to think we're okay as we are. We are not immortal yet. We should be diligently seeking the knowledge Daniel prophesied would be released in this end time so we can mature in God's ways. The content of the scroll of Revelation is ours if we choose to hear the voice of the Spirit. Someone will, even if we won't, as it is God's plan. Scripture tells us, after the end time knowledge is released, Man will run to and fro, speaking it across the earth to save others. Whose works are we performing? Which are we building? The world or the kingdom? As our spiritual eyes of discernment begin to open, repentance follows, as we can now see where we have fallen short of God's expectation. Repentance is the key to the atoning work of Christ's cross, It is also the key to becoming one with God and being in harmony with all creation. The peace and order enjoyed by creation before man's rebellion must be restored. At this moment, a great thing is happening. The body of Christ is finally rising through God's truth and coming to the full stature of Christ. But as it does, another dilemma arises. The body itself needs atonement. You see, for years the body of Christ has been a subject of discussion, but for many reasons, mostly resulting from the wrong knowledge, it has not matured and has in fact become totally dysfunctional. The works they did will go down with all that evolved from the world's knowledge. All creation has suffered for years because of the thinking of the altered race of Adam that honestly thought of themselves as the body of Christ. Misinformed ministers, many times just plain hypocrites, all claim to be his body. Think about it. How could Christ form a head to lead and guide his people? Or how could he fashion a body for him to function through to restore creation? using people with the blood of angels running through their veins. How also could he build a holy house to tabernacle in with a people shaped by ministers drawing their knowledge from intellect based on Adam and Eve's source of knowledge? Remember, they didn't choose Jesus for wisdom. They chose his adversary. So I ask you, how could mankind at that point possibly have been his body. See why we must repent to God for all the wrong that was done while claiming to be the body of Christ? We profane his name and many false doctrines evolved, making a mockery of his truth. Here's an example of the church's blatantly wrong thinking. Since we are coming up on the Feast of Atonement, How many still celebrate the world's holidays, Christmas, Halloween, Easter, etc.? Most ministers know very well these festivals are not godly, that they are pagan in origin, but they do not want to take a stand, perhaps losing their congregation, 
or should I say their finances and pensions. It's really all about money, yet the excuse most commonly used is, I don't want to ruin the children's fun. Have they read Matthew chapter 18 verse 6? Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin. An example, believe in Santa Claus. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Children are taught to look forward to all kinds of pagan rituals. Leaders should be teaching the Feast of God as listed in Leviticus chapter 23 verses 1 through 2 to both adults and children. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim, to be holy convocations. Holy meetings set aside to commune with God. These are my feasts. The dead, uninformed church, the hypocritical and corrupt church, will smugly tell us, Oh, that's for old Israel. Well, people of God, how on earth could you be a part of the body of Christ and not be Israel? Is he not the tribe of Judah? Isn't he to rule from the throne of David, who was also the tribe of Judah? And isn't the house or tabernacle of David to be raised again in the last days to lead God's people through these end times? Is this not the real body of Christ? Aren't those born through the knowledge released for this time the real temple of the Holy Ghost? You see, the eternal Abrahamic covenant and its promises were made to the seed of Abraham and the new covenant that gave birth or created the new species was actually recreated by the seed himself. Who is the seed? according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. To see where we come into the picture, look at this. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And if you are Christ's, Then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. The born again become one with the Lord, as we enter into his blood covenant, and are therefore entitled to the Abrahamic covenant, and heirs of all the glorious promises made to his seed. He made this possible by becoming our atonement. So, hello, do you want the feast that belonged to God, or the world's holidays? If the holidays are chosen then again, how could we be a part of the body of Christ? You see, it's a big deal to Satan to keep us celebrating his holidays. Why? Because if we take a close look at the feasts, we will begin to understand we must not only celebrate them, but most importantly, experience them. Since we're discussing the Feast of Atonement, Let us read from Leviticus, chapter 23, verses 28 through 29, concerning it. And you shall do no work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. 
For any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people or be stoned to death. Now let us look at the definitions of afflict in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. 60.31 Anah A primitive root. Possibly, rather, with 60.30 through the idea of looking down or browbeating. To depress, literally or figuratively, transitive or intransitive, in various applications, as follows, a base self, afflict, affliction, afflict self. In other words, we must search ourselves to see where we have fallen short of pleasing God, repent, and change. These orders came from the Father. Hear, obey. Now let us look at the word atonement. 37.25, Kippur, from 37.22, expiation, only in plural, atonement. 37.22, Kafar, a primitive root, to cover, specifically with bitumen, figuratively, to expiate or condone, to placate, or cancel, appease, make, an atonement, cleanse, disannul, forgive, be merciful, pacify, pardon, purge, purge away, put off, make, reconcile, reconciliation. These definitions pertain to us because of the blood of the Lamb, and then only if we repent and change. Here is a nugget of truth. Hidden deep in God's meals is the blueprint of His plan for the complete restoration of humanity. His feasts are seasoned with knowledge not to be found anywhere else. It's knowledge or fruit from the tree of life. Each feast experienced takes us closer to the garden as promised by God. Humanity is going full circle back to its beginning. We cannot pick and choose the feasts we want to celebrate and experience, however. They are all very important and interdependent on one another to guide and restore us. For instance, if we do not experience Sabbath, the very first feast, there is little reason to celebrate atonement. Since Sabbath is symbolic of entering into God's rest, if we do not cease from our works, stop doing things in our own strength, we're not only missing His plan and the part in it we are to fulfill, but we are cursed and performing dead works. Jeremiah explains, Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5-6, through six, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Miss the door of opportunity that opens to God's plan, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. End up ruined. Here is the good news for those that wish to mature, 
grow, and change. Let me read from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. So, to enter his rest is to enter his plan. That is experiencing the Feast of Sabbath. But the fact is, many do not even assemble weekly at the proper time God set aside for Sabbath, let alone see the bigger picture of its meaning. So how can man repent and be forgiven at atonement if they are not made aware that they are doing something wrong? Can we see the need of understanding the truth housed in all of the feasts, starting with the first feast, the Feast of Sabbath? We should be so grateful for the Lord's intervention. If it was not for Jesus, humanity would have no hope of returning to God's plan whatsoever. But He faithfully fulfilled His part of the plan, atoning for us and creating a new beginning for humanity. He sweated blood in the garden before his crucifixion. He even allowed man to afflict his body. Little did those who beat him, spit on him, know that he was allowing it, so their own sins could be atoned for, and they could be forgiven. He was our sacrificial Passover lamb. He is also our unleavened bread of life, the first fruit of God that rose from the dead giving humanity victory over the enemy. He is our Pentecost. The infilling of His Spirit gives us His ability, or gifting, His nature to bear fruit reflecting Him, so we can be once chosen and gathered at Rosh Hashanah, and then atoned for at atonement. He is the judge of Rosh Hashanah, the head of days, and not only is He the sacrificial lamb, but He took all our sins and the sickness and disease that resulted from it as the scapegoat of atonement. He can now tabernacle with His bride. He has made her clean. He is our temple. We are His. He will invite us to the final Shemini Atzeret, where the eighth-day children, the new species, are perfected and made immortal, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 54. They will be forever protected by the law of our sovereign God at Simchat Torah. Don't be fooled. The feasts are most definitely for today. We must eat all of the Lamb of God. As Adam and Eve feasted on the fruit of Satan's mind, the new species dined on the Lamb. We all know, as the meal the world knows as the Last Supper, was experienced. Christianity was birthed. But did you know this depicted a much greater Last Supper? In closing, let me leave you with this last thought. All creation will be atoned for and set free when mankind repents, enters into God's rest, and is back in His plan once more. All will be reversed, renewed, Order and perfect harmony will be restored. The trumpets will sound loud and clear. Jubilee! Jubilee! The bells of Zion will ring freedom. The God of the universe reigns. It's already completed and finished in the supernatural. 
God will, at the final atonement, hand in earth, cleansed of the enemy's influence, with no sin, sickness, or pain back to those that love him, rest in him, and eat all of the lamb. He will dwell, or tabernacle with them, as God in place of Satan, and they will be his people. The Lamb is the final jubilee. These promises are backed by God's law, a sure promise for all of those that feast on Him at the greater Last Supper, the Feast of Atonement. John chapter 6, verse 53 Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you.